Hello and welcome to another episode of Stream Wars, our thought leader series, where we learn from industry experts about the latest trends and challenges from across the convergent TV space. Hosted by Michael Beach. Today I'm joined by Mike Shields. Mike is currently the CEO at Shields Strategic Consulting. And Mike's always been one of my must reads uh, back to his time at the Wall Street Journal. Um, you know, he's really unique uh, because before being a journalist, he actually worked in the business as a media planner. Um, it's this combination of experience and the ability to frame an issue um, that makes Mike a must read not only for me, but um, any, th any thought leader that I know in our space. So uh, yeah, please enjoy my conversation with Mike Shields. Hey, Mike, welcome to Screen Wars. Hey, Michael, thanks for having me. Um, uh, you know, I've been reading, uh, you know, your content for you know, a long time back to, you know, when you were at the wall street journal and then insider, um, kind of give our audience a little bit of a idea on the empire you're building with, uh, empire. Mike Shields Inc. Yeah. Empire. Maybe, I don't know, maybe in the star Wars context, I'm not sure about that, but, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, sure. I, I was a reporter for a long time, a traditional journalist, um, actually started, I started this business as an, and the agency side of things, actually, I was a media planning guy way back. And then I was a journal, journalist for about 15 years at places like Adweek and the Digiday, the Journal, like you said, and Insider. And then um, about the last four years, I've been on my own doing all sorts of consulting, um, helping, helping companies with thought leadership, things like that. And then uh, I also have my own Substack, Next to Marketing, and a podcast, same name, Next to Marketing. Uh, and that's kind of the extent of the empire that I've been, I'm hopefully I'm not forgetting anything, but that's, that's kind of my deal. What's the biggest issue when you're consulting with companies, you know, kind of the most common question you're getting asked? It's, it's often, it, this is like a very specific thing to this world, I think, but they, everyone wants to do, they want, they need a content strategy. They need thought leadership. They want to, but they don't know what, what that means or they think they know what it means and they're way off and they, and they, and they don't, and there's a common misperception that they, everybody can just get a, um, I'll just, everyone, they'll, every publication will just take my byline, right? I'll just, I'll just write a brilliant column and that'll be easy to do. Um, usually unless you are Mark Zuckerberg or Sir Martin Sorrell or something like that, it's not really, it's not the way it works. Um, and I think, I think the other thing that comes up a lot is companies think, there, if you want to be a quote unquote thought leader, you should read other thought leaders and get a real sense. That sounds rude, but like I feel like I, I got there's a lot of clients when they want to start this journey, they don't really understand what works in that space, and then they think they're they, they think their ideas are wholly original and a lot of it. It's, it's very common either that stuff has been talked about like crazy or they don't. Um, they don't actually have a sharp angle to take, and that's kind of what, what works in that, in that arena. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it's like the 99% of the content kind of in the marketing industry is, you know, really bad, right? Like, it's just kind of very generic and... Um, I hate to say that, but yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, the people that have a point of view and well thought out, that's what gets, you know, shared on social media, or that's the stuff that gets forwarded right. in an email, or, you know, it's the it's consistently the same people like, you know, you put out, uh, you know, something that's, that's getting shared widely. It's getting emailed around and, and, but most of the stuff that comes out of these content marketing teams, is just so generic that it never goes anywhere. Yeah. It's not their fault. I mean, but, and, and also like, you know, like you don't have to be, obviously it helps if you want to be really controversial or, you know, a shit stirrer, that's going to move the needle, but you just, 
just having a point of view or helping people think about things differently is really important. And a lot of, there's just a lot of conservatism, conservatism and fear among a lot of big executives to like actually say something, actually have a take that might annoy someone or make someone question the way the business works. But that's the kind of stuff that really helps you break out. Absolutely. Kind of what's the biggest story when you look at like next marketing, what's the biggest story you're following right now or tracking? God, that's a good question. trend. Um, you know, like I think the hot, the, the, the hottest stories are kind of obvious. Like in the last, how the hell do we target people online when all the rules are changing? Is there going to be a uh, fundamental rewriting of the rules and does that change everything or can we work around it? Is, is a huge story that's ongoing. I think the massive shift in television is, uh, you've written about this a lot, I've read about it, like what happens to, yeah, I think a couple of years ago, I, I was even, the story was interruptive advertising is over. I think we've been, or I, I wrote that and said it and other people did, and that's obviously wrong. Like advertising is gonna play a really big role in streaming and future of television but it's going to be really different and the rules are being rewritten and that's, and it's pretty messy, even though there's a lot of enthusiasm and spending rushing that way and figuring out how to make all that work is the, is like a massive story. And then I mean, you're actually coming out of the, I was at the play fronts the last couple of days and I've been, I've been the biggest, the metaverse is a right sky and web three is kind of crazy, but if you watch what's going on with younger generations and, and I see it in my household, like this broader shift to participatory immersive media is real. If, whether or not we're going to live in some metaverse that Facebook builds, I don't know, but like that there, how does that, how do these new generations expectations on what is media and leisure time and social time? How does that, can that, does that have a potential to completely change pretty much everything. When, when, when will those changes take effect? Those are some really massive stories. I gave you a really long answer there, but those are the kind of, that's kind of where I'm thinking. Yeah. The last one, I have a lot of trouble with thinking through because you, you can get to where, you know, sometimes we'll talk about video and you get into, you know, user generated video on mobile and, and all these different formats, or, or you can narrow it down to just, you know, what we call kind of conversion TV, you know, broadcast cable and streaming, which is like super narrow. But your point, like even the original thing of just video could get totally upended because of, you know, the younger generation just doing, I even look at how I play video games. Like I am still totally fine with, you know, going and I, you know, I play NHL hockey on the Xbox, like, a you know, it's like my you know, relaxation. I'm totally fine with playing a season against a computer mm-hmm. just to take my mind off of whatever. But you look at my kids, they're wanting to interact with people. And like, that's, yeah, they wouldn't even think about playing a, a downloaded game like that. So no, I've had this argument with my kids from like, where they're like, I'm like, go play video games. I'm giving you this chance right now. And their friends are not online for some reason. And they're like, this is, why would you do that? That's not fun at all. Yeah. I'm like, just, I, I, I used to play Tech Mobile against a computer and have a great <laughs> time in my life. Oh, dude, same. Yeah. Same eight, 12 teams where we had the Raiders and, you know, yeah. All that for Tech Mobile. I played it for, that's unthinkable for them to have to not have gaming be social or and and to play with your buddies at the same time it's that 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 is and that's gonna you know we haven't seen that trickle up or down whatever to other forms of media like there's been a lot of attempts to build co-viewing into things i think it does happen but i wonder if you know those generations going to want to 
check out and just like, you know, we, we assume that on-demand television and immersive pre prestige TV is going to be the future, but like, is that going to be dull for somebody to just sit there and watch a show and binge on it? I, I, I already see that. Another probably big story is, um, and, and, and I hate just, just using my kids as a focus group, but like it's, it's a struggle to get them to just sit and watch sporting event with me without doing something. And I think that's going to be what, what, how, how all of, tell of uh, media is affected by this need to be engaged in a different way than just viewing or consuming is going to be a challenge or, or something to really watch for over time. Like, can you, can the, is your mindset going, is, is that generation or two's mindset going to, going to affect how everything is designed? Yeah, absolutely. We're kind of going to, on the TV front, you, you have a recent piece about the upfronts being messy. Uh, you know, what do you think that's going to look like this year? One of the things that was interesting to me that, in that piece when I talked to is this, you know, the last, let's call it 10 years where linear has been steadily declining, yet the prices kept going up and it would defy, it, it felt like it defied logic, but it was a supply and demand thing where you, the shrinking audience, the only way you could reach big groups of people was television. So the CPMs kept shooting up and it was kind of crazy. Now, if one of the, it's, and it's a little bit theoretical now, but if the, if we ever start using all these different new currencies and the currencies, they're going to be, if they're going to have a, a pretty wide range, you're, are you going to be telling uh, those buyers who've been, who've been eating those terrible price increases that they, they drove crazy that actually um, the numbers we've been doing, we're basing that on, on have been way off undercounting for a long time. And, are you going to, are they going to feel even more ripped off and want some kind of make good for that? Like this last decade of taking a hit is going to be like, wait a second, you got to make up for that now. And that's not going to go well with sellers. And that's going to be a potential source of conflict. Um, that's just one example of it's, you know, somebody described it to me last year as like t every TV buy is becoming bespoke, which is so not the way this, the history of the way television advertising worked it was relatively easy thing to buy and you could buy it. And what, what, it worked because you can buy, you can negotiate deals pretty quickly and buy huge scale fast right now. If every buy is like, let's put together five different currencies and work out this like really specialized thing, that's a really different advertising vehicle. And I don't know if you can, you know, you make, are you looking, my question is, are you looking at a couple of just rough growing pain years where you're trying to figure out these new currencies and then we'll, and then everybody figures out and gets into a groove or is it going to be, torturous to buy television over time. I think that's, that's an open question. Yeah. And it kind of comes from a digital background. I've always kind of looked at this, that that's kind of the way digital is, right? Like it's you, you know, yes. in, in that you are always trying to seek as much, you know, asymmetric, asymmetric information as you could against the seller. Like if you were, if we can, if we can buy this inventory for less than we think it's worth, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, but in TV, it's just been like locked into where I, th I think your point about the scale, about how easy it is to move so much money, that would break that down. Um, one of the questions for you, do you see new buyers, whether it's brands or agencies coming in, or is it just the same pool as it was you know, three or four years ago? It seems to be, and it's going to depend on who you talk to, but it does seem to be the same. As much as we've talked, we're talking up this possibility of, Oh, is you know this future of CTV is going to allow for democratization of television, right? There's going to be like Facebook and Instagram and Google, 
millions of advertisers right? instead of the traditional like couple hundred that really dominated. From what I can tell, it's and it just in personally watching CTV, um, and I'm focus group of one, but like it's still dominated by the big guys. It seems like there, there are direct to consumer brands coming on. You see more small, mid sized businesses dabbling, but it, it seems like the currency wars and the way the, the mechanics of the business are being dictated by the big guys, or the big, the big media companies. And now there's even fewer, fewer of them. And the, uh, the, the biggest advertisers and agencies kind of dominating the conversation, the rules and the market. Uh, I think there's, a, you know, I think that's going to change over time, but it's not easy. I mean, the, I mean, the biggest obvious factor besides it, besides it's not easy to crack the, the pool or to crack the buying lanes for smaller brands or direct consumer brands, like just having television creative is not something that is easy to do for anybody. And I, I always wondered this, if there's a startup out there or somebody could figure out a way to make it, to automate the production. And this is probably coming or, or it's gotta be an easier way to make a TV commercial for a small to mid-sized brand that's decent yeah. uh, using AI and the technology we have now or something like that, that, Let's more of those guys play in the game that they can't really right now. Yeah, hundred percent. They're they're on you know Instagram or something like that with their recording with the phone, but they're not taking that same low production cost to right. you know running a, a fifteen or thirty second you know streaming ad. Right. Because yeah, the Instagrams and Snaps of the world make it pretty easy to not to produce a ton of ads at scale. Just TV just doesn't work that way right now. Uh, well, another thing I know you and I had a conversation about was was the YouTube's earnings. Uh, we're talking right now in in March, so we're you know looking at their end of year numbers. Uh, I know you know we were both surprised that it didn't seem like revenue growth for YouTube kept up with their kind of explosive CT CTV growth. You know what's going on there? Yeah, I got a lot of I talked to a lot of different people about that and got a lot of different takes on it. And it's it's a it's still to me a head scratcher. I think you know depending on who you talk to again, like the, there's a school of thought that the app, the, you know, the Apple identifier changes have really hit uh, meta, meta's been very public about this and snap in, in a big way. It's really hurt them. And I think some thought, well, it's hitting YouTube more than you might think as much as YouTube is trying to push into television dollars and PC, they, they have a long tail of direct response brands and maybe they're feeling the pain from Apple changing the way that you can track people across apps. I'm still not totally sure about that. Um, but it does seem to be that YouTube is, is still maybe hitting it, 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 it. To me, it should have a very high ceiling, but it's hitting its um, artificial ceiling a little bit where brands are a certain segment of the advertising world still doesn't think of it as on par with television. And then it's perhaps easier to, they're they're not benefiting from the shift as fast as they should probably because it's not thought of as premium to certain advertisers or they just or and there's still some probably lingering brand safety fear, um, but it's a it's a little bit it's it's puzzling. They should be in stealership. I, I you know I understand the economy is weird right now and, and everybody was feeling cuts, um, but broadly like digital advertising is growing the advertising business like the, the agencies are all predicting decent growth like it's not as like it's not as though it's not like oh wait everyone cut their budgets like overnight so it seems severe that the the broader pullback should have hit youtube this hard so i still think it's a little bit of ad scratcher 
What about you? What, yeah, what, just, what are you feeling? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, after we talked, you know, we, we've done a lot of research and a lot of people put out, you know, surveys for a long time about the convert, you know, how, um, buying and planning teams on the buy side are converging and everyone's like, you know, 75% of agencies are converged. Um, and we've even, you know, kind of reposted a lot of that. And then we, we, we did some research recently that we, I think we released this week that, you know, 90 something percent of people are going to increase CTV spend. And, and the answers to these questions are always like really bullish, but then you see like a YouTube result or you look at like the, you know, some of the conversation from the upfronts and you start to see that, you know, in theory, linear should in this recession should get cut at a much greater rate yeah. than streaming. And I'm kind of getting the feeling that maybe they're equal or they're going to come out where maybe linear gets cut less than streaming or, you know, whatever it is. And to me, it's like your point about the premium video and how you define YouTube. It's maybe these teams are not nearly as converged as anyone thinks. I think you're on silent. The budgets are still so silent. Yeah. I think the budgets are silent. I think there's still a lot of talk about being one video group yet. There's you, you constantly hear about these like, philosophical clashes, metrics clashes, just like territorial things going on at agencies. Um, the, and the linear folks really do think a certain way. They're not, I don't want to paint them as like Luddites, or but they really think a certain way about television. And it's, it's in conflict with some of the way that the media is going seemingly. And so I think that's a big, I think it's still a big issue. Um, and that they, and they hang on to this like notion that you know premium is just comedies and dramas and that's it uh even though a mr beast or something like that is absolutely premium to the people that watch it uh and you definitely see that with and that's a whole other conversation of whether TikTok belongs in that conversation or not but they, they definitely there's definitely a split vote on whether that belongs is really like the same thing as watching tv but um yeah, so I think the territorial thing and the, and the silo thing is very real still. And um, it's just, I, I don't know, I don't know how, you know, other than just continuing to chip away, it's hard for that for YouTube to fight those wars. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got you know, a couple more questions. Um, first, you know, kind of as your overall kind of view of the industry and even putting your um, kind of operative hat back on, if you could wave a magic wand and change one thing about the video space, what would it be? I think I wish we would stop pretending that, uh, like the, the, if you look at CTV, for example, like the, um, first of all, the, uh, this, I guess I'm asking there's two ways that like we're constantly talking about this fantasy that we're going to, it's going to be just as targeted and this wonderful convergence of digital plus television. And maybe that happens at some point, but the, that's just not, it's not realistic right now. You can't, you can't actually deliver a perfectly targeted ad to every individual viewer in every different moment. Technology is not even close to being rare. And there's so many, there's so many obstacles in that. And I guess the, this, we're, we're constantly berating ourselves about this, the, the frequency thing is really bad in CTV. You see the same ad again and again, even on the premium platforms and it's a mess and it's not really well targeted. And there's this like, there's just throwing up of everyone's hands. Like, oh, I wish we could fix this or we're trying, we have a solution. And I just, I, I'm not certain that most of the media companies really care about it. <laughs> I think that they're, yeah. they're just, it, it's, it's something they could, I think, control if they didn't, if they wanted to actually turn down cash and they don't want to do that right now. They'll, they'll take demand from a bunch of different sources and, and 
no, and just hold their breath or cross their fingers that consumers don't get too pissed off, but they're not really actively trying to solve the problem. I think that's like something that drives me nuts. Like this seems very fixable if you wanted to to have share some restraint. And I think most media companies are starting to do that right now. Yeah, we had uh, Howard Schimmel on a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about the same thing. And and he he brought up a really interesting point where he talked about linear right now, which is kind of off people's radar. He has almost a greater frequency and ad repeat process, and it's about to get worse because he said that there's so many buyers that have a set uh, TRP or GRP goal. And with the ratings declining so fast, that they hit that GRP goal, they got to buy it. You know, twenty percent more spots every year, and there are only so many slots. And he goes, they're actually getting. He's like, you're, you're almost the CTV problem, which is a kind of a technology problem right now, is getting repeated on linear because there aren't that many, there aren't enough spots basically to, to hit everyone's GRP target. And I, I hadn't really thought of it that way. It was really interesting. Yeah, I wonder if we don't hear about that as much because the folks in the industry don't like. They're probably coastal and watch a lot of streaming and. They'll bitch about CTV, but they don't really watch as much linear, or maybe maybe we just haven't felt it yet. Or you, you know, you definitely seem to. I've definitely sat through many a uh, NFL game and you see the same ad a million times, but you don't. And it's annoying, but it seems to we 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 expect more from CTV. We bitch about it more. We expect the technology to be able to control it better. Where it's it's pretty universal. It's probably that it sounds like it's going to get even worse in linear. Excellent. One last one here. What's your uh, favorite question to ask? podcast guest god do i have a favorite question i mean I, i'm, I'm my, this i use i ask this question um to both podcast guests and even when i'm working with clients on thought leadership like what is what is driving you crazy about the industry that no one's talking about that you have because i think the best this is always a writer trick like the best stories come when you have a lot of passion or anger sometimes but just like you know you know you really want to get into a subject because you it's it, it it's burning you're burning to talk about it so, and those are also the best podcast answers. You can get somebody to kind of open up and what are you fired up about and what do you want to say? Um, so that, that's my cheat, my cheat code a little bit. Excellent. Well, Mike, uh, where can everyone find you? You can find me, uh, my pod, my podcast is called Next in Marketing. It's actually going to be distributed. We're, I have a new partnership with BTV that's coming up. So you'll be able to find it there as well. And, and we're going to do some video pretty soon. And then I have um, a Substack also named Next to Marketing that is available for anywhere you have <laughs> able to see email. Um, and then I'm and I'm you know I'm, I'm on LinkedIn as well, but I'm out, I'm, I'm all over the place if you look if you're looking for me. Thanks. Well, make sure we uh, link to everything here in the the post. And uh, I really appreciate your time. I know our audience would love this conversation. Thanks so much, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Screen Wars. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. You can find out more about Cross Screen Media at crossscreenmedia.com. Please don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter, State of the Screens. You can find us on social media at Cross Screen Media. Join us next time for more insights and analysis straight from the experts.